Hi, I'm Mo Maduro. Welcome to the Life Expansion After 50 podcast, where we unpack the hidden forces that shape our lives. Today's episode dives into a topic that often goes overlooked in personal development strategies, the nocebo effect. Have you ever experienced a thought or something you said actually come to pass almost as identically as you said it? The power of self-talk cannot be underestimated. It's a constant internal dialogue that can either be empowering or detrimental. Now, self-talk involves the thoughts and statements people make to themselves, often in response to their experience, feelings, or situations. The challenge is that it can be conscious and deliberate, like talking oneself through a problem or repeating affirmations, or better yet, expressing implementation intentions, more on that later, or it can be automatic and unconscious in the form of negative self-critiques that, that spontaneously pop into one's mind. Now, you may notice it occurring more often when you're mentally exhausted or after you've experienced a series of defeats. You may also notice it sounds familiar or similar to a voice that may have criticized you when you were young. Now, while self-talk can be used for self-motivation, coping with stress, even shaping your self-perception, today I'm talking about it in the context of when it performs like the nocebo effect. The nocebo effect is a psychological phenomenon in which a person experiences negative symptoms or side effects after receiving an inert treatment or undergoing a procedure due to the expectation of harm or discomfort. It's essentially the opposite of a placebo effect, where a person experiences benefits or improvement because they expect a positive outcome. A common experience when we're creating our designed future is we feel like we're not qualified for our own success. It's often referred to as imposter syndrome. This kind of thinking can lead to self-doubt and have a nocebo effect on the execution of our plans. Even when reminded that we achieved amazing things in the past, this can lead to a pattern of behavior in which someone has a persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud, despite clear evidence of their competence or talent. Along these lines, they tend to downplay their own abilities and accomplishments, attributing their success to luck or external factors rather than acknowledging their own skills and talents. It's been experienced by so many high achievers and celebrities. I wanted to include it in in this introduction to discussing cognitive biases and how they too can create the nocebo effect. You may experience it on your own journey to self-actualization. While it's not a cognitive bias per se in the pure sense of the term, it is a cognitive emotional pattern that if unchecked can get you stuck. People become fearful of what may happen and they stop moving forward. I'll be providing countermeasures that you can apply to counteract the power of cognitive biases as I introduce them. But with the imposter syndrome, it's also important to understand it so you can rid yourself of its power. There are actually three cognitive biases that are related to imposter syndrome. The first one is the false consensus effect. This is where individuals tend to overestimate the extent to which others share their beliefs, attitudes, and abilities. In this context, They may even downplay their unique strengths because they assume others possess the same abilities. They mistakenly believe their gift is common. Now, your gift is like a superpower, and when you use it, it becomes even stronger. However, since you don't have to work for it, it's easy to assume that it's worth less than it actually is. If you're not careful, you can stop believing that it's worthless. Then you rob the world of benefiting from your special gifts and talents. You can see how this can lead to remaining comfortably below the line. Another related cognitive bias is the normalcy bias. 
which leads people to underestimate the likelihood an unusual event occurring. While it's not the same thing, it's similar to what is going on when a person sees their unique strengths as ordinary and not remarkable. Cognitive biases can have a priming effect. They slip in without us knowing and combined with the nocebo effect can even cause us to self-sabotage. Fear of success can be as powerful as fear of failure. The expertise blind spot is another cognitive bias, and it refers to the tendency for experts in a particular field to underestimate their level of expertise or competence because they assume others have similar knowledge and skills since the abilities associated with gifts come so naturally to them. Finally, there's the anchoring and adjustment bias, where people can anchor their judgments or valuations based on an initial reference point. Now, if someone's unique strengths are taken for granted as being common, they may anchor their value judgments to the assumption that everyone possesses these abilities, which again leads to undervaluing their own gifts. This is not the way I'll introduce cognitive biases moving forward. The other cognitive biases have more of a priming effect, whereas imposter syndrome is something we sort of carry around. Self-reflection can be helpful, as can reviewing past awards and accolades to remind ourselves that we've always had the gift And because it is a unique gift and talent that comes naturally, it will also keep getting better with use. There's also a cognitive bias called a negativity bias. Now, this is the phenomenon in which negative experiences, emotions, and information have a more significant impact on one's thoughts, feelings, and behavior than the positive ones. It's thought to have evolved as an adaptive mechanism to help individuals prioritize potential threats and dangers. Now, while this may have made sense for a hunter-gatherer facing wild animals, it can lead to an overemphasis of negative experiences and an underappreciation of positive accomplishments. When I look at negativity bias and imposter syndrome together, it's like a perfect storm for self-doubt and shying away from our dreams for several reasons. First, selective attention. Together, These two reinforce our focus on perceived inadequacies and on downplaying our successes. The negativity bias further amplifies it, making it more challenging to believe in oneself. Then we have performance anxiety. This worry about being exposed as a fraud, even though you're 100% qualified, can be heightened by the negativity bias by emphasizing negative past experiences, even from decades ago, and further amplifying the emotional weight of those memories many of which have recurred even before you had a developed prefrontal cortex. The other reason is the two together can adversely distort one's self-perception by emphasizing defeats and setbacks, which are merely part of the learning process. Not only can this lead to people selling themselves short, refusing promotions and opportunities, but can also prevent people from continuing to put themselves in learning situations. Add the confirmation bias to all that, And you can understand why I will talk about the 20 plus cognitive biases that, in my opinion, act as friction and resistance that gets in the way of our success. This is a lot of information on a topic that you can go 10 years not hearing anything about. It's less about remembering the details. The value I see in bringing it to you is that when we can label things, when we have a name for challenges that we face, we're also better equipped to handle them. Now, back to the nocebo effect. Here are some other ways that you can create your own nocebo effect. Eliminate these practices and it's like gaining free energy. In later episodes, we'll provide tools and tactics to replace behaviors. Now imagine the power that can come from replacing a nocebo with a placebo. It's like two for the effort of one. And more importantly, 
you put the automaticity of the unconscious to work for you. So we got deflecting compliments. Responding to a compliment with a degrading tone and comment, reinforcing that you don't deserve the accolades or acknowledgement, take this further and you can see why people are stressed out thinking that they're on the verge of being fired when they've done nothing wrong. A second one is the fear of failing. There's nothing wrong with healthy fear, but when we have a fear that things will go wrong even before we try, this can paralyze us and prevent us from taking the very risks that make up the on-ramp to our self-actualization and the incredible growth ahead. And then worry. I call worry negative goal setting. A person can worry without a person cannot worry without also making a picture of what they don't want. Focusing on what you don't want makes that thing more familiar. The unconscious will typically select the familiar over the unfamiliar. It made sense for a hunter-gatherer foraging and hunting. Now it can result in operating beneath our abilities. There's a demonstration chiropractors and others like to use. They have a person hold out their arm and state their name, such as, my name is Morris Maduro, while they attempt to pull their arm down. Then they have, you say, you know, my name is something else, while they attempt the same, same exercise. Your ability to hold your arm up when you're saying someone else's name is a fraction of the previous attempt. And you can do this yourself to a degree at the gym. Lift a weight while saying, my name is Morris Maduro, obviously your name, and then use some other name while lifting that same weight. Now multiply this effect over multiple times a day, week in and week out, and you see the importance of taking charge of this self-talk area of our lives. In a later episode, we'll address language, and I'll give you an exercise you can use to change your self-talk. This gets at replacing existing nocebo effect statements with placebo effects that serve you. The first step is awareness. Labeling these biases can go a long way to recognizing them. The thing to keep in mind is that the unconscious can process as much as 2 million bits of information before the conscious mind is even aware of the triggering stimuli. So we also need strategies to course correct while the response is in progress. After we go through a couple of dozen cognitive biases, during which I'll give respective countermeasures, I will then provide some macro strategies that can be used to mitigate the effect of cognitive biases across the board. This may be the most important area to begin taking control back from the unconscious. Otherwise, it's like taking two steps forward and one step back. More to come on cognitive biases. We'll talk soon.